Welcome to the Waybox podcast. We'll be chatting to some of the most influential people in the UK health and fitness industry, finding out a little bit more about the people behind the profiles. So whether you're on the treadmill, commuting to work, or simply chilling at home, we hope you enjoy listening. And welcome back to the Waybox podcast. How are you, Ben? Very well. How are you? I'm good. By the way, I was listening to the last episode and I'd never introduced myself. I'm Tally. Hello, everyone. <laughs> I just thought I didn't introduce myself. That's a bit wrong. But enough about me. It's not about me today. We have a wonderful guest with us today, someone I have followed for years. So I'm so excited. We have fitness blogger, YouTuber, personal trainer and all round positive person, Carly Rowena. I need to hire you to be my publicist with that. That's amazing. Anytime. <laughs> Welcome, I, Carly. Thank you. I'm so excited. I feel like as a viewer and a follower, you've just become so much more comfortable in your own skin recently. Yeah, I feel like a whole new person. I figured that once I kind of turned 21 that everything was going to be mm. terrible. Turning 30, everything has been amazing. I feel like actually every year from 25 onwards, but every year you know yourself more and... You know, you kind of slowly edge away from things that you thought were really important and you find yourself on this whole new path. And I've got less friends. I have less free time, but I'm way happier than I've ever been. That bodes well for me because I'm 29. I keep looking at 30 going, oh, no. It's not that bad. Just plan a secret wedding and then you never know (laughs) that you've actually been married. Like, there's even a birthday. It's amazing. We're going to get on to that. (laughs) We're going to get on to that. Life is good right now. Life is amazing right now. Good. But I want to kind of rewind, go back Uh and kind of go to the beginning because we do know about you. You've shared a lot of your life online, but I think it'd be nice to know about Carly the early years, you know. So what was like 10 year old Carly like? 10 year old Carly. She was very long and lean, a bit like a daddy long legs, as my dad would say. I loved picking flowers from the garden and turning them into perfume. So my mum was a scientist, so she had all those like tester urine bottles. Yeah, I used to put them in that. So 10-year-old Carly was really happy. I was pre-social media, pre-phone, so I was a proper kid climbing trees. Am I right in saying you're an only child? Yes. How was that? I didn't know any different. No, I mean, we kind of lived in the middle of nowhere. So I guess I remember a lot of my friends would do more things in the evening with other people but I was really close to my family and we had mm. loads of pets and yeah I was just such a outside kind of kid. I really were you into like health and fitness were you sporty no. or anything? No I mean I tried to do the egg and spoon race and I was horrendous. <laughs> um, I didn't do any sports at school I think I even once did that whole period card that you didn't have to. <laughs> I did that every week. <laughs> I, I yeah. hated it. Um, no, I wasn't. But my parents always, we always went to like the Lake District, Peak District. We always like went cycling. So I didn't realise I was doing fitness, mm-hmm. but I was kind of always active. Yeah. When you were about, well, 10 teenage years, what kind of career did you think you were going to have? Did What was your dream job at the time? Air hostess. Really? Yeah. I was like, I want to be an air hostess because that meant travelling. Yeah. Um, and then 9-11 happened and it really freaked me out. Yeah. And I suddenly was like, I don't want to be an air hostess. I kind of put the two and two together obviously there's lots of other reasons of not being an air hostess but that was one that just it really scared me so I changed that and didn't have any idea what I wanted to be which was terrifying because everyone else at school and around me knew really we were very much in that kind of age of like your teachers wanted you to kind of pick Mm. and if you didn't know what you were doing then how could you go to uni and there was a lot of pressure
pressure. My dad's an architect. My mum's a scientist. Two amazing jobs. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not very good at either of That's those. That's quite a lot of pressure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they never put it on me. But, you know, you want to impress. You want to do well. And um, I was just like, what am I going to do? I was tearing my hair out. I was really nervous. What did you end up doing then? Did you go to university? No, no, because I knew that if I went to uni, I was probably just going to party, which yeah. is a great thing to do. But because I didn't know what I wanted to do, I... I didn't know what I'd pick. I was very, very lost. So I went travelling for a bit and I lived in Greece for a while. Did you? Yeah, Whereabouts in Greece? Uh, oh gosh, I think people call it Chavos now, but it was Kavos. Yeah. When I was there a long <laughs> yeah. time ago. It wasn't like that sun, sea, sex and suspicious parents. It was much more beautiful back then. Okay. And then I went to Mexico with a friend and then I came back and I got a job working at Face Shoes. Does everyone remember Face Shoes? I don't know. No. What? What's oh, Face Shoes? so old. It was just like a, a beautiful shop with loads of gorgeous shoes. Oh, okay. So That's okay. And then I worked at BMW. Yeah. So was that yeah. selling cars? So I started on reception. I've always had this personality that I would take on every kind of job that mm. there was going. So started on reception, I think, in my seven years that I was there. Seven years? I know, which sounds insane. So um, how old were you when you started then? So I left when I was 25. So yeah, like 18. Wow. Yeah, so I, I literally started on reception and they realized that they could give me more jobs and they became like head receptionist. Then I went into marketing and then they got rid of everyone in marketing and then it was just me. And then I took on the PA role and the health and safety role and I basically was like at Owning the, top the company. Of the girl. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing and I learned so much, but it just wasn't where I wanted to be. You know, you can see your whole life and I yeah. was like, I'm gonna be married and have babies, and I'm still gonna be here when I'm seventy. I don't want this. And were you into health and fitness at that point? Is that when you kind of started getting into it all? Yeah, I joined the gym at eighteen, mm. kind of because I really loved cake. I really loved cake. And I went, I had a boyfriend who went to the same gym and it was literally I had to drive past it, so I was feeling really guilty that I was like, That gym is right at the end of mm. the road. So I decided to join and I started off as a pretty much a cardio bunny. I was just, I didn't know what to do. So I was oh. kind of on the treadmill. None of us know what to do. No, and it wasn't very, I, I did it, but I was like, I'm just doing it because Going that's through the what I do. Yeah. It wasn't lighting my fire until I found weights. And how did you find weights? I did a Les Mills body pump class. Yes. Yeah. And actually now my husband, he used to teach it. Obviously, we went together at the time, but he used to teach it, which is really so funny. he was your instructor? Yeah. So not he was later on, but not when I okay. first got there. But yeah, so later on he was. Because um, how life goes full circle. I know. That's so <laughs> crazy if he was. Yeah. No. So he did end up teaching them at the end. But yeah, I did a Les Mills class and I was like, oh, I like these weights. And I really like this pain that I get in my muscles like mm. the following day. And I just started to notice that my body was was really liking and I was changing a lot, but also mm. my mood was just very different. I was much happier. The weights room in a gym can be quite intimidating for females mm -hmm. sometimes, can't it? So that's yeah. pretty impressive to just like rock in there and there's probably big yeah. guys in vests well, grunting. I think maybe because I'd been working at BMW and that's quite a male-orientated yeah. role that I wasn't that bothered by men anymore. So I kind of reveled in the fact of being in and kind of like elbowing them out a little bit. <laughs> And I was being like, I can be here too. Yeah. I'm a strong yeah, woman. Exactly. I feel like I've had to fight my way through quite a lot of like male zones. So that one didn't really phase me. Yeah, because I've seen a lot of gyms in London. Occasionally, it can literally just be like a bear pit in there. Yes. Although I have to say, I feel like now, and maybe Instagram's done it, mm. social media, I feel like the last two years, I've really noticed that even in some of the most... I guess, intimidating gyms. The women are up in that weight zone now. Mm. And sometimes it's more women than it is guys. And I see a lot of guys asking girls what they're doing. Yeah. And not in a, like, you're doing it wrong way, but in a, like, what are you doing? Yeah, and I feel that has 
obviously come down to social media because yeah. when I first started, I was the only trainer in there. Yeah, we were talking about this before, weren't we? That I think a lot of content out there that's put, put out there by females, a lot of men take it on board without yeah. really, you know, without really. Well, saying. it's the same. Like you don't mm-hmm. have to do anything different. It's just maybe you want to work on the reps, but and the sets, but you don't need to change the exercises. Mm. So yeah, I think I've noticed certainly there's a lot more women in the gym, and we always give ourselves this kind of like fair play look. <laughs> that yeah. kind of like go girl like yeah. there's some there's the gym I train in that often it's 50 50 men and women now and you're right when I started training I was the only girl in there yeah um, but I kind of just like I'm gonna be confident and no one's gonna question me and it's gonna be fine so when did Carly Rowena happen when did you take that hobby of fitness and kind of decide right I'm gonna start sharing this side of me on the internet So it wasn't a decision that I consciously made, but so I remember I was at BMW and I didn't want that to be my future. Yeah. But I still really hadn't figured out what I wanted to do. And fitness was just something I did to enjoy. So that wasn't an option in my head because I was literally typing into Google, what is Carly's dream job? What is the best job in the world? It kept coming up with like Virgin and I think like to be an editor of a magazine. I was like, yeah, I can't do either of those. And so a friend said, have you thought about being on YouTube? And I was like... No, I've pretty much used it for a couple of funny tutorials, maybe some cats. Yeah. And <laughs> um, they said, why don't you like use it as a talent search? Because I've always been quite confident and able to speak for myself. So I thought, okay, did not know about this whole following thing. That was not a thing I understood. So I really, the first couple of videos, thought I was just doing it for myself. Maybe my mum was just going to go watch. And I did things like travel, beauty, fashion, and a couple of like home gym videos. And those ones people were suddenly really engaging with. And I was like, oh, there's actually people out there. Okay, this is different. And then those people just kept saying, like, would you train me? We'd like to see more of these gym videos. We mm. want to see like more of your food. Like, how did you get this? And I was like, okay, this is interesting. And then I remember Women's Health magazine after three months. I think I only had maybe like a thousand followers on YouTube. They were like, would you like a column? And I was wow. like, yes, I want a column, definitely. But I had no qualifications. I was going to say, that's so, crazy. After three months I know. of you just sharing your home well, There wasn't much out there like no. on YouTube fitness, right? When, when was this? Oh my gosh, so four years ago, four and a bit. Yeah, because um, no one, no one no, was doing it. There was a lot of American ones, but there wasn't many people mm. doing it. So mm. I was like, okay, there's all these things pointing to me being like, maybe fitness is your thing. I was like, is fitness my thing? But then my husband was doing fitness, so I had this thing of... So were you with him at the time? Yeah, so okay. we've been together seven years, so this is front, yeah. So I was like, he's doing it, hold on, am I following him? So it was a real, like, what am I doing? And had, he started his YouTube channel that Yeah, point. so he started it, like, a year before me. Right. And I was like, okay, well, I don't know how I feel about this. But more and more people kept pushing me, and I suddenly realised, actually, I, I love doing this. Yeah. And so working full-time, and then decided to do the course full-time, and then I gave myself one month to be fully booked so I remember going up to my mum and saying mum I, I want to quit my job and everyone was being made redundant around me and it was a really like dangerous time I had a mortgage on my own and I was like she's gonna say no and she was like okay and I was like oh so I literally walked in quit my job everyone was like you are not gonna make it what are you doing this is so silly and I was like so okay, you're well, gonna be personal training personal training I wasn't thinking YouTube, YouTube. I didn't oh, okay. think that was gonna become a thing I thought that was yeah. just a thing that's got Side me here project. yeah I said I've got to be like fully booked in one month and I did it and wow. it was just the best feeling and then subsequently the YouTube which I just thought really never thought anything was going to happen has just been enabling all these really exciting ventures and for me being a girl in Norwich to you know have brands and stuff want to work with me and and get to do things like this it's been insane so it's kind of added the like fire behind 
the bit that I love the mm. most. Was, was YouTube the catalyst for everything taking off? Yeah. I mean, personal training-wise, I still to this day have only had two clients who've followed me online. Oh, really? Yeah. So I, Because I train most of my clients in my hometown in Norwich. So I have a couple, like, worldwide, but... And do you train the clients in the gym? Yeah. Where no you different gym. No, okay. I was like, I need my own space. Yes. And I hope they don't mind, but it's more of like a dirty gym. You know, people aren't models, and it's mm. very grungy, and I love it. I love it so much. Like I can just be sweaty and gross, and I love that. But no, a separate space from Leon. I needed my own yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you need your own identity in that situation yeah. as well? Because if he's already working in the fitness industry, you also just kind of want to do it on your own. And yeah. I'm sure it's been nice to have his guidance, though. Has he been, like, helping you on in the way? In honesty, things? no. Really? Like, I love him so much, but I actually think he gave me some tough love. Really? Like, he was like, no, you need to figure out your own way, because otherwise I literally could have just copied, I think. Yeah. Because when you do your course, and obviously all the courses are great, but I do feel it's a bit like a driving test. You know, you do it, and you learn so much afterwards. That's the best analogy I've ever heard, because <laughs> it's like everything you learn. And everything yeah. in practice. I passed my test and sat there like, I can't train somebody on this. Yeah. Like, it was, I needed to do so much more education. So, I think I would have just been like, Leon, help me. Um, yeah. So, no, going away. And, and I remember walking into this gym and it didn't have the same stuff that I'd ever used before. And I was like, I, I don't know how to use this. And I said to the manager, I was like, I don't know what this does. Do you know what? I don't know when you started your course. I did a lot in a gym with lots of assisted machines and yeah. things. And oh, then yeah. I went to a gym that I now work in a gym that doesn't have any assisted machines and it's all free weights and we have one cable machine. And I've learned more in the last two years in terms of how to train someone with very limited yeah. things around me. And like you said, whether it's a man or a woman, whatever their goals, you can always tailor yeah. it to the person. Yeah, I had the opposite. I went from a place that had like nothing to a place that was pretty much no floor space and all machines. And oh, I was really? like, how do you adjust crazy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can imagine it's quite hard as well because obviously every client's different. Everyone yeah. has little injuries, as you say, different goals. And also, like, teaching some of the compound lifts is quite difficult. Like, how to squat and bench mm. properly, all those things that, that are quite, like, important to your overall sort of yeah. physi physiological health. I feel so old saying this, but I feel like when I started it a couple of years ago, the compound lifts were not so important in gyms. Mm. It was very much trying to make people use machines because obviously that's easier and yeah. you don't need to have so many trainers on the floor. So it was very much, let's get everyone using their leg press and the leg extension and using mm. the lat pull down. I don't use any of those anymore, but that was what they kind of wanted the trainers to do because it was more like a gym induction totally. kind of environment. And, and the, now it's like, no, you've got to get them all in. Yeah. Because so. also all your prospective clients will see everyone doing the squats and the deadlifts on social media now. So they, yeah. they want those kind of yeah, things. Yeah. But I personally find teaching people squats and deadlifts is actually the most satisfying yes. thing you can do because when they get it, yeah. oh, the best. <laughs> so... I want to ask why Carly Rowena because that's not your real name. No, so my real name. I won't name... tell what you're Rowena. I wasn't <laughs> going to say your real name, but no, it's fine. So I, well, I now feel really weird because I've got like loads of names, but I was born Carly Rowena Pert. Oh, really? So yeah, it is it's part my middle of your name. name, but I hated it because everyone called me Weena, so I never <laughs> used it. And then I kind of, I just, yeah, I remember trying to pick a name, and I was like, I, I really wasn't imagining this was going to become a thing. Yeah. But I was like, I kind of don't want people to find me because this is like a personal thing I'm doing for myself. And I was like, well, no one's going to find me as Carly Rowena because everyone knows me as Carly Perks. I'd hidden it for so long. Mm. So that was why I did it. Later down the line, are you quite grateful because it's given you a little yes. bit of separation? Oh, yeah, totally. Like, it's been really nice because, yeah, you kind of have like a brand and then you have you. And mm. I'm very much Carly Rowena, but it's nice to be able to take a step back sometimes. Yeah. 
I like the name Carly Rowena, though. It feels very... I've never heard anyone with the surname Rowena, I don't think. It's very Thank you. unusual. <laughs> so I'm going to talk about something that you spoke about on your blog recently. Mm-hmm. Uh-oh. You, yeah. <laughs> um, I just found it really... I just Like I said at the beginning of this interview, I feel like you are really opening up and being really comfortable... We're talking about things that you've been through. I think time is a healer in that sense. Yeah. I mean, I'm loving that because I'm nosy. And <laughs> but equally, I also just I'm only a couple of years younger than you, but I still feel like I don't know. You've been through stuff, um, and I learned from that. So I really appreciate you sharing your experiences. And you spoke about a toxic relationship. Yes. That you were in, and through those times, through those early twenties and stuff, how do you feel that affected you and kind of shaped you? kind of to where you are now in terms of that transition from maybe one career to another? Yeah, so my toxic relationship was, it started amazingly as a lot of relationships do. And it was at that vital age of like 18, Mm. so for five years. And my parents had moved abroad as well. So I kind of had a lot invested on this one relationship. And I just thought he was just the best guy in the world. And he to some degree is. But I think you want to impress someone so much and you want them to love you so much that you kind of give everything to someone. And I do believe we get like three key relationships. You get like one that's like a young and you learn a lot. Then you get one like madly, deeply intense one that doesn't necessarily always turn out well. And then you get the trust one. Mm. Um, Obviously you can have lots of each of them, but I feel like there's three kind of types that you get. Mm. And this one that I had, I gave too much because I just didn't feel like I was worthy of this person. And then that person then kind of took that themselves and then, yeah, made me lose my identity, which it's not all his fault because I did it too. Yeah. But I just became like a shell of myself and I didn't have anyone to kind of reach out to and you lose that trust factor and then you can't reach out to people because you don't trust anyone that's around you. And I just found myself with zero confidence. I would describe myself as quite a pointless person during that time because, which is a really weird thing to say, but I didn't really exist. I was very, like, I love colour. I love smiling. I love, I like, I can walk down the street and I'm just grinning because I'm so happy. But I back then was like, dressed all in black and my face was always down you wouldn't see me in the street Mm. and I let that happen I think that went hand in hand with like you said we're called BMW years yeah it did kind of the years of where you were like I'm trying to find out who I am and what I want to do and you weren't with someone who was nurturing that side of you I think had I not been in this relationship I would definitely would have been BMW for seven years Mm. I think that was part of the thing of like I can't do anything else yeah Um, I'm not gonna like make it to what I want I don't know what I want so there was yeah a lot of that and I felt a lot of responsibility because I did have a house and and you've got to be this person that's like strong so I found that time really hard but eventually I found the strength and I had had enough I mean emotional abuse is horrible physical abuse is horrible I think they're both horrible I'm annoyed that I let it get to that point before I walked away yeah but I wouldn't change it actually at all because I've learned so much and been able to help so many other people as well and then when I did walk away that feeling now of like being so in love and and also I'm with Leon who is just the best person I know but I know that if for one minute that trust goes mm. it's done yeah which is a horrible thing to think but I just don't want to become that person again no. so and do you feel like obviously um you are with Leon now and it clearly it's worked out very well for you <laughs> <laughs> but do you feel like just having that experience of that 
negative side of the relationship it's taught you kind of what you deserve what is yeah. good what is how relationships should be definitely like I don't take crap anymore <laughs> at all but from anybody because you also realize when you were in that yeah. spiral I picked up so many other people who were friends and they were very similar mm. um and you realize how many people like it when you're unhappy which is such a weird thing to think but I have way less friends now because when I suddenly found my dream career and I found myself and I was really happy, people don't really like to listen to you like saying how happy you are. And it's not like, oh, hi, I'm happy. It's like, let's talk about stuff, but where's the drama? Like, so, you know, what's bad in your life? And if you don't have anything, for some people you have nothing to talk about anymore. And I realized just I collected like this group of people that were really happy to see me like have drama and that's never the person I've been. So now I have a very small select group with zero drama and just laughs and fun and that's so much nicer you know they say you're the sum of the kind of five people yeah. you spend most yeah. of your time with. and I think when those five people are Debbie Downers and there's a lot of negative energy you can't help but it stifle who you are and mm -hmm. what your dreams are good on you for like getting <laughs> out of that you. situation <laughs> and Obviously, Leon is a YouTuber. He's mm. working with the Lean Machines. He's doing all that kind of stuff. What's it been like having a YouTube relationship, shall we say? Do you feel in some ways it's kind of been in the public? Has it been difficult? Do you find pressure on that in any way? I sometimes forget that we are both doing the same. I mean, we share some things like we do like weekly vlogs, so we'll sometimes mm. be in it. And on Insta stories, you might see him. But I don't feel like we've really shared that much of a... There's some moments where I just won't share them, you know. I think when it comes down to obviously you get that chance to think about it before you upload it and edit it. I keep back a lot of the moments that I want to keep for us. So although our relationship is out there, I mean, a lot of people think those two are together and that I'm just the ruse. Like a really? lot of people do. You're an elaborate being. <laughs> yeah, I am. Yeah, basically. So a lot of people are like, I didn't know you two were together. So, but John has a girlfriend I know, too. but she's not on social media. So um... he get, they kind of think that they're together. So in that case, no. And I think because we don't do that many like official videos and stuff together, I don't feel mm. like it. And maybe because... I don't know, we're a bit older. We don't have that following that makes yeah. it feel like they're so obsessed with us. Like, we don't have that. I've met other, like, Irish bloggers. I don't know if you know the Irish blogging community. It's quite intense. Intense, yeah. And um, I have people, like, there's threads about me on Twitter and my relationship and yeah, no. blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I just can't even imagine that. That's just so... No, I think, it again, I don't have a very young audience. Yeah. And there isn't really that much crazy drama going on in my life. So it kind of doesn't There's not much more. to talk about. No, it'd be very dull. <laughs> oh, well, there goes the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like you mentioned at the beginning, last year you threw a joint 30th birthday party. That honestly looks like one of the coolest parties ever. I was showing one of my closest friends the other day because she was saying she might want like a low-key wedding. Mm -hmm. And I was saying, check out this. This is the coolest thing. So you had your joint 30th mm -hmm. party. I've ruined the surprise there. Um, <laughs> but it was a surprise to everyone that they turned up for your wedding. Yeah. Yeah. So I had never really wanted to get married. I... Maybe I thought being engaged would be quite cool, but mm. getting married was never like that thing. I've never dreamt about the white dress. And I love people that do, it's just not me. Um, but he proposed two years ago. and So you weren't expecting that? No, not at all. In fact, apparently he wanted to propose for about a year, but I've been such a nightmare for several months because I was on some acne treatment at one point and it made me an absolute nightmare. But he'd bought this ring, which was, um, we have a French bulldog. He'd bought a French bulldog ring and he had it with him for about a year and was like, well, when she's good, I'm going to like just 
do it. So, yeah. So we were in Fiji and we were climbing the Mount Pitons and, um, sorry, no, St. Lucia. And we were climbing that and he did it in the top. I was like so sweaty. There was not one dry piece of me. I was more focused on eating this mango. I had no idea what was going on. It was amazing. And we He's were like, filmed that, hasn't he? Yes, he has. It's on the that internet. Is, yeah, it's on the internet. And so I was like, well, one day... I think we'll just stay like this. Maybe one day we get married in Vegas or something, you know, like... Mm. I can we, imagine you being a bit of a rock and roll. Yeah, I was a totally ready chick, for that. We had a year where, and I think everyone has this, a year where we lost a lot of family and friends. And I think everyone has that year. And suddenly I was like, I don't really want to get married, but I also really want to get everyone together for just mm. like a great big celebration. Like my dad was turning 75, mum 70, my, and we had loads of friends that were all turning 30. And I was like, okay, what if we get married when it's our birthdays because we're four days apart it was a bank yeah. holiday weekend so we organized it and I think it was three months and I who knew so nobody knew apart from the owner of the venue who's actually one of my clients so no one knew until the week before and then the only person then got told was John who's Leon's best friend yeah. because we're obviously doing it all on our own and we actually had a little freak out because we're like, how are we gonna get this whole barn sorted yeah. and gone from like a barn to this venue and also John might have wanted to say something. He was starting to wonder where I was all this time because obviously they're business partners. Yeah. He was like, why are you not here? So he knew. And then the night before, I told my dad. And that's it. So, so your mum didn't no know. No one knew until no. the day. Wow. And it was so funny because so we put it out on Facebook. That was our invitation. I put out a Facebook message and was like, inviting everyone to our 30th. Just said, be there at four. The doors were shut at like 3.45 because we have a special guest. Because the only thing with a birthday is that people drop people, out and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. also they turn up whenever they like. Yeah. We were like, it's from four. And I was like, well, they can't turn up halfway between. They'll be really pissed with us. So people obviously think we're way more famous than I thought. They were like, they thought it was Stormzy. Like my, Leon's wow. mum was like, is it Ed Sheeran? Um, <laughs> Leon is friends with Jamie Oliver. So they were like, is Jamie Oliver doing a cooking thing? And we were like, oh my gosh, they're going to be so disappointed. <laughs> Did you have to get an A-lister in the end? Like... <laughs> no, luckily, like we didn't need to in the end. You were but, good enough. Yeah. <laughs> we were good enough. Um, but it was so funny because people turned up and um, even one of my friends, she walked in and it was clearly set up as a wedding venue. Like I did try my hardest. And she walked up to Leon, said happy birthday and then carried on walking. And then after she came back, she was like, I had no idea. I just thought this was like leftover wedding stuff. We're like, oh. So people just had no clue. And I just wanted no stress. I didn't want people to have to buy things or dress differently. I didn't want you know, no one could afford hen parties because people were going on so many other mm. ones for everyone else. I was just like, let's just celebrate and we've had the best time. I think that might be the most refreshing wedding I've ever heard of. Thank you. Watch the video on YouTube. I have, I've seen it, yeah. Oh, you have? Yeah. Oh, you did your research. I have. <laughs> I've been carlied out all morning. Doesn't it look YouTube like videos, the yeah. coolest wedding yeah, ever? Yeah, yeah. I think the only thing I used my job for was Nando's. I made sure that, that Nando's was so there. cool. Yeah, because we love Nando's and they'd never done a wedding before so I was so honoured that they came and did it. So we had Nando's and we had like a crepe Van and I had Crosstown Donuts as my cake. <gasps> you chose so, so well. I've been to a few weddings sometimes where you can see the stress on the bride's yeah. face. Mm. And you can even see it in the pictures afterwards. They look so tightly wound. Yeah, so no, it's just not fun. Good. And I just, I think of that whole day as such a giggle. And even my dress, like I didn't go with anyone to try on my dress. I had an email from Grace Loves Lace, which yeah. is a company I think I'd followed for years. They're in Australia. And literally the day we'd made this decision, I got this email being like, they're doing a random pop-up shop in London. And I was like, they're from Australia. So I literally got there, tried on two dresses. The first one I fell over and like full-blown face planted the floor. And the second one I was just like twirling around in it. And I was like, this is my dress. And then my shoes were in the charity shop next door. Done. 
Wow, your dress is gorgeous as well. Thank you. I put it on sometimes. Because <laughs> it still fits, has like an elastic waistband, so I'm like, this is great. And that was great because you've got Nando's room, you've got Crosstown Donuts yeah. room. Mm-hmm. The dream. The oh, and how long ago was that now? A year in May. <gasps> wow. I know, terrifying, right? Because I'm turning 31, guys. This is the only thing I didn't realize I turned 30 because I got married. So it was like no one ever said anything. And now I'm like, 31? People are going to say that. That's terrifying. No, you're like, you look so good for it. And like I said, I feel like 30 has been a turning point for you. Yes, and yeah, yeah. The, maybe it's the marriage and everything. It's like everything's slotting into place. Thanks. And you have gone through a bit of a change in direction and, and kind of doing your own thing. And, <laughs> and as we were just talking about earlier, you've been doing a series on YouTube all about sex. Mm-hmm, the um, sexy series. Yeah, which I've been really enjoying. So what was the motivation behind that? I have always been really open, probably too open in some ways. I suddenly realized that, yes, I love to publish fitness content. However, I also think fitness online has got quite sexy. And and I, yes, Mm. I feel like there's a lot out there and a lot of it I don't necessarily love so much anymore. And I'm starting to contemplate whether I actually should be in that space. Um, I'm starting to think maybe like I'm older and I, I do my stuff differently. So I was really questioning. And then I realized that I have a lot of like, people who don't have the confidence or perhaps are an only child or don't have friends and they don't know that life is not perfect. And we're kind of putting out a lot that life is perfect. Relationships are perfect. Everyone's sex lives are perfect. We all look beautiful. That's just not real Mm. world. And I was getting a lot of emails from people that said I felt like an older sister or a friend. And I was like, well, I need to do what an older sister or friend. Someone said mum. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I need to do what an older sister, yeah, <laughs> older sister or friend would do and I want to talk about things that might just help someone out so mm. I started with it uh, I think it was was it orgasms I started with I think it was yeah yeah because I was getting even my own friends I had like a drunken night with my friends and didn't realize that some of them never had or only had once and I was like and they felt so alone and I was like this is so normal and then I realized how many other people are feeling the same and so it just kept going and I've had more guys than women message me oh my gosh yeah like guys messaging me like thank you or you know you fixed our relationship or my girlfriend forwarded this to me and it's just been so nice to hear. So I've honestly loved it. And every time I post one, I get the most amazing messages from people who are like, I just don't feel alone. And that's so nice. Like, I think I it's that. something that, you know, it still is kind of taboo. And like, yeah. you talk about it to like your close girlfriends and stuff, but it's nice Even to then see... I feel like sometimes they don't tell the truth. Like yeah. we'll have those friends that like have sex every day, three times a day. And you're like, oh my gosh, I'm terrible. Not real. And Who's I'm got like, time for that? Yeah, exactly. So I just felt like, I just want to make people feel a bit more normal. So, and also in a non-cringe way, I hope, because sometimes you watch it and you're like, oh, this is just too chung and cheek or it feels a bit cringy. That's and probably why a lot of guys message you. It's quite, you know, <laughs> yeah. it's easy to watch. You don't it's feel, be normal. Yeah, it doesn't feel uncomfortable or taboo, yeah. Good. Yeah, yeah I, I feel that. like the big sister vibe, I feel like that's what it is. It's kind of, you are an adult and you're having an adult conversation and I actually yeah. think in some ways on YouTube that can be a bit hard to find because a lot of people creating content are a bit younger. There's a lot yeah. of young audiences floating around. So it's nice to have a like mature discussion. Mm-hmm. So I'm really appreciating it. Thanks. And obviously... Another big event in your life recently, and a kind of a, I think you've said has had a big impact on you, was Kilimanjaro. Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> I loved it so much. It was the hardest thing I ever did, yeah. which is crazy because I totally underestimated it. I was like, I want to climb Kilimanjaro. How many other people in the world might want to do it? They don't have someone to do it with. Let's put it out. And I thought, it's expensive. I was like, this is going to take months to sell out. No, mm. literally within, I think it was nine hours it wow. gone, all the space has. So it was a retreat, wasn't it? It was like, <laughs> come on, all guys. those girls were like, why did you label it a retreat? This was not a retreat. This was hell. I mean, during the projectile vomiting, they yeah. were like, this is not a retreat. Yeah, and I, I mean, I, so I organized it. We met up. We had training for the three months. Do you have, like, a company who did yes. these kind of things and they oversaw it? Yeah, so I said that I wanted to do a little bit more challenging retreats. Mm. I wanted to do two a year and I wanted them to be life-changing experiences for people. And so I reached out and it was Exodus who I work yeah. with and they have supported me so much and um, I'm actually doing Machu Picchu and an Indonesia one coming up so wow. I'm so excited there is talks of Everest but I've watched a couple of documentaries lately and I'm yeah. like oh I just don't know have to say my boyfriend's done Machu Picchu and um, he he was feeling really unwell yeah really I unwell just, I did not plan this I was like I'm not going to yeah. take any but like, then I'm half tempted to be like can I come yeah because yes, it did look of incredible you can. definitely and and the funny thing is that afterwards like half of the girls have like left their boyfriends they've quit their jobs like they're those kind of things that it's make a life you go. Changing experience. I'm changing everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah we, we kind of trained and prepared for it, and I, I got on the mountain and I was like, walking along, trying to these girls like, "This is beautiful. This is day two. And then I'm like, "Okay, I can really feel my heartbeat in my head. Why do I now feel like I can't see? Why have my eyes gone really like heavy? Why have I got this headache? And I literally just projectile vomited. I had to turn my head, otherwise it would have gone on this person. Like peppers were coming out of my nose and my mouth. Yeah, it was very forceful <laughs> that I, I wasn't sure what end. Uh, like <laughs> it was oh, really? just horrendous. And these amazing guides were like rubbing your back, and I had like a mini freak out to myself because I was like, I've just brought sixteen yeah. people here. It's day two. I'm the first one to throw up. And how many days? Another did four. You do- Okay, so it's six days in total. Yeah, another four to go. And I was like, okay, I'm Can sick. I do this? But this is what's so nice is that all the girls just club together and you just chat. And although you may be projectile vomiting, mm. you're still like singing, laughing. You can't not be happy as to where you are. And as the trip kind of progressed, everybody else had the same. I think one girl didn't. And you just kind of smile through it. The weirdest thing for me was losing my appetite. I love food. Mm. Gone. I mean, like, you could put chocolate in front of me, nothing. These guys are making the most amazing, like, three-course meals that you couldn't even imagine, like, pancakes and all sorts. Wow. And you put it in front of me, and I just sound like such a diva. I'd get no saliva. I'd, like, put it in my mouth. You know how they say you should, like, chew things, like, 20 times? Well, I could do it, like, a 100 times. It just would not go down. And so that you had was no energy. Sick, just nothing, yeah. yeah. So I think I lost nine, I mean, I've put on 20 now, but I lost like nine kilos. One of the girls who was tiny, she lost like 11 kilos. She had to go to hospital because her body couldn't hold her anymore. She lost so much weight. And yeah, we had the worst storm that they'd had in 30 years on our summit night. So I saw that the snow. <laughs> yes, all these challenges as opposed was, to retreats then. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely a challenge on, on summit day. I mean, it's 98% success rate all the time. I've seen people climb it like in sports bras. Like it's not meant to be. I mean, it is tough if you're sick, but it's still not. You, it's yeah. doable. But yeah, we went to bed and woke up and all of a sudden there was like snow underneath my knee. And there was no snow when I went to bed and that was only in two hours. And so this summit is meant to be like sick. You kind of wake up at 11 o'clock at night and you're meant to summit for sunrise. So it'd be beautiful and it's meant to be a full moon. And then we opened that tent and I was like, this is like full on blizzard, like hail just hitting your face. And so you are at the top of a mountain. <gasps> so, yeah, and it just has its yeah. own weather system. So 
instead of the six beautiful hours it was going to be under the twilight stars, it was ten and a half hours with frozen water so you couldn't drink, no food, and like even peeing was a challenge because you didn't want it to freeze to you. So my body was just falling asleep by this point. I was so deficient in calories and just cold. And my poor guy who was just helping me so much was like, I looked a bit like a giraffe holding these two poles. I'd kind of walk and just like fall asleep and he'd have to be like, Miss Carly and like wake me back up again. But I kind of love that this happened because it just made it like the most intense experience. Like I was pretending to smile just to force my brain to think that I was okay. Yeah, I loved it. How was that experience with strangers? Because... You didn't know anyone there. You quickly had to make <laughs> yeah. probably lifelong friends with some people. I mean, yeah, 15 of those girls, they are, that you know, we're all really good friends. So it's weird because they know me. Yeah. So I've kind of got used to that now. Like, they know me and I feel like if they already know me, we're probably going to get along because they, for some reason, feel like we have something in common. And, I mean, if you don't like each other, you're going to like each other after you've done this, like, group mm. wheeze and group poos together. I mean, that really does change <laughs> everything. And, you know, they're out there girls, they want to have fun. How can I not? Like, I think if someone had been maybe whingy or something, it would have been harder, but that's just not those type of people. I think you attract your tribe, right? So, Mm. um, yeah, they were awesome. Oh, I mean, like I said, I'm very inspired. I think yeah, I cannot recommend doing it like enough for climbing a mountain now. Yeah, like a way box thing. Yes. Oh, so we, we, are, we are looking at retreats. Yeah, we're looking, there you go, at, you we're looking at doing one. Obviously, you were going to be involved in it, Tally. So Climbing maybe, Kilimanjaro. Yeah, do it. Looks like we're doing that Honestly, well. the best yeah. thing I ever did, and I want to do so many more. I mean, yeah, I want to do them all. Retreat, I would love retreats to do... are really big now, aren't they? I mm. feel like that's, that industry is just booming. Yeah, cause... I think it's just, you know, as a trainer, I get to spend an hour with someone in a day, but there's mm. 23 others that I have no clue what they're doing. Yeah. If I can spend seven days with someone and I can see where they're going wrong and I can actually connect with them, and you can transform someone in seven days. Yeah, you can you don't actually even see start, them again. Yeah, they're like, habits and yeah Yeah. put things into practice yeah exactly I like to move I love good food and I want to have fun Mm. that's what a retreat is and for me a holiday I'm bored laying on the beach now that's just not something all inclusive laying on a beach I'm so not interested I'm so fidgy so getting me doing that it's a dream and like you said it's a load of like-minded people yeah 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 so Carly you've been sharing your life online over five years no right yeah that's crazy yeah and your whole life has changed because of it completely like I yeah, I think had I not gone online, probably still be at BMW, probably have children by now and probably be stuck in a relationship that I was really unhappy in. Does that not blow your mind? Yeah, no, it's insane. And I'm so thankful to my followers who said you should be a fitness person and to just anyone who reached out in the mm. whole time. Mm. They have shaped this whole journey, which I have no idea where I'm going to be tomorrow. Like it changes daily. I have the plans that I want. Yeah, yeah. but um, and even to be like this moment of like, Anything is possible, which I never even had in my head. I didn't grow up with that idea. And so I really think nowadays anything can happen. Like you say yes to the right things or even no sometimes. Like it just you just don't know what door is going to open. I, I literally have no idea what's going to happen. But that's so, like you said, yeah, so exciting. So cool. Yeah. yeah, it's really cool. Do you have any regrets on anything? Any regrets? I think I wish I had maybe left BMW sooner. Like, if I'd known I was doing this, yeah. BMW yeah. again. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> they, were, they were amazing. I'm going to get a call from the pub, like someone at BMW, like, will you not take this podcast, take this podcast down or something? <laughs> no, they were amazing. It just wasn't right for me. I don't care about cars. So, yeah. like, it's just not. Um, I think had I known this was going to happen, I probably would have moved to London. That's probably one thing. Just because living in Norwich, I love it. I'm close to the beach. I love that I have an amazing house with a garden. I can't afford that anywhere else. So, um, But I think, yeah, it would have been 
probably good for my career if I'd been here just because I could you know mm. do a lot of more of the opportunities that come my way but at the same time with that I get to say no and actually be home and, and work out what things are actually right instead of having to go to everything so but I wouldn't change a single thing that's happened in my life not one Oh, good. Okay, so we finish every podcast okay. with like three sentences and you just have to finish the sentences, okay? Oh, okay. So the first one is, the biggest misconception about me is? Biggest misconception about me is, oh, I don't swear. Oh, really? People think Everyone thinks very I'm P- like, every, like, until they're like, serious, they thought I was really PG and they meet me and when I was on Kilimanjaro, the girls were like, this is the real Carly <laughs> Rowena. They were like, it's not just the swearing, it's just the way I talk is very, I mean, I can be that person more now, but I think I have PG'd myself a little bit. Mm. So yeah, people now are like, whoa, there she is. There she is. She's not afraid <laughs> to say what she thinks. If there is one thing I can use my platform to change, it would be? The perception that you have to live in the gym and you have to eat lettuce I think and I think that is changing a lot but my platform for me was really I just want people to move because they can and eat because they want to you know I just don't want there to be so much pressure Mm. I personally when I was a bit more restrictive I always used to love looking at your like Instagram and stuff because you'd be like I'm just here having a piece of cake yeah (laughs) and honestly that helped me so much but like that really did and I always felt like you were really normal yeah, so thank you for yeah, being I, normal. Thank you. Yeah, I want to be as normal as possible because you know what? People take photos of you while you're eating. So the <laughs> amount of times people have taken a photo of me eating a scone, could you imagine if I'd lied all those years? That would have been hilarious. No, and scones <laughs> are wonderful. Oh, amazing. So finally, my ultimate goal mm-hmm. is to... Is to just keep reaching more people, but I don't want to be famous. I don't know how to explain yeah. that. I don't really want my followers to grow because I love where I'm at because I can speak to and reach out to these guys. But I would like to be able to reach more people and just give them a massive hug and say that it, it's going to like change as you get older. Like a deeper I, connection. Almost. Yeah, that, I think that's what I want from the retreat. So I guess really I just want to spend more time in real life with people and show that as you get older it does actually get better or that's what I'm learning. So... I think you're proof of that. And to never work at BMW. Ever. <laughs> You're going to hate me, Ted. It was a great job. <laughs> well, bring on 30, Ben. It looks like all the best years ahead of you. Sounds like it. And ahead yeah. of me, too. Yeah, thank you, Carly. That was so thank wonderful. You. You've Loved been it. wonderful. And I really hope you've enjoyed it at home. Let us know who else you want us to speak to. And uh, thank you for listening. Thank you. Thanks. Hey, everyone. It's Ben from Waybox. Thank you for listening. If you have any feedback, please let us know at Waybox or at Tally Rye. Thanks for listening to the Waybox podcast. 